And we're back. About damn time. Really? Seriously? Yeah, I think the drugs are kicking in. It's probably good because I'm topless. That's what all podcasts need. God, we are. Bad Philosophy, episode 92, recorded on June 11th, 2011. Lulsec Flamebait. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy. Upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time and having some lulls along the way. I'm your host, Stephen Torrance, and uh, with me today, I just have uh, one guest on the show because of <clears throat> some other issues which we'll go into later. Uh, welcome back to the show, Kevin Saunders. How you doing, man? Hi. I'm doing all right. How about you? Uh, doing pretty well. It's uh, it's morning. We haven't recorded a bad philosophy in the morning in a, in a while, but this is no, yeah. It's been what, I like the morning. Like I've been up since seven a.m. because you, I can't sleep past seven a.m. anymore. I don't really? know why. I you know like, it's I'm college I'm, right <laughs> and grad school. I'm in the slackest time of my life in that I've finished my degree. I don't have a job. I don't do much all day, and I can't sleep past seven a.m. 7 a.m. Um, hits, and I'm like, well, I'm awake now. I guess I'll go make some coffee. But what uh, what, what uh, time do you go to bed usually? Um, midnight, 11, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it, it, apparently I'm becoming an old man. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I'm not old man. I have an adult. So, so since, since working for, starting working for Apple, um, you know, I, I have morning shifts occasionally, and uh, I also yeah. find it hard to to go to sleep anywhere past, you know, 1130 midnight, because I know, like, I got to wake up in the morning, and I'm not, I'm not going to feel fresh or anything. You know, all of college, I, I probably subsisted on five, six hours of sleep at the most per night. And yet still, I'm like, Oh, God, you know, if I wake up with less than eight hours, I'm like, man, kind of want to sleep in, maybe I'll skip my shower this morning, <laughs> like trying to make these justifications yeah. at myself. And, yeah. and then, you know, after being sort of like semi-awake for about a minute, something snaps in me. And I'm like, dude, you're, you're yeah. stupid. Just get up. <laughs> well, I don't even have to think about that. Like I would, I would like to sleep in more because I don't do much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm fixing my thesis. Um, and most of my revisions are done on that. So I, I work at most a couple hours a day, maybe three or four, if I'm, you know, working a hard day. And still, I, I, I'm like, ah, oh, I can sleep in, you know, sleep till 10 o'clock, wake yeah. up, get lunch, whatever. Nope, 7 o'clock hits, and I'm wide awake. <laughs> and you're wide awake. I think it's not even like, I'm not even fighting it. I'm just awake. I'm like, well, what do I do now? You talk philosophy. <laughs> I guess that's what I do. Yeah. And that's, that's why I like the morning episode. Exactly. Well, we'll try to make uh, this, uh, make this a tradition, maybe. Um, if, if, you know, our, many of our listeners have been... Um, asking if we're going to do any more live broadcasts. And I think, uh, you know, if, if you can, if we can make this sort of a thing to have it, you know, Saturday mornings and I can, I can change my work availability, we might, uh, in the future, uh, our dear listeners, uh, start broadcasting live again and, uh, and having, you know, early brunch, brunch philosophy or whatever we want to call it, uh, episodes <laughs> every week. So, uh, anyways, this, this, episode, we're going to talk a little bit about some you know, cybersecurity, hacking, ethics of, of uh, vigilantism type of the things. Uh, if, if some of y'all have been following the news recently, particularly Boing Boing, my uh, mixed news website of choice. Uh, Only place I study. 
the yeah, only place. <laughs> um, you might have noticed some some interesting articles regarding uh, some hacks against Sony and uh, Nintendo and the FBI recently by a uh, a group identifying themselves as uh, LulzSec. That's L U L Z S E C, um, as in Lull Security. They're um, they're an interesting little group of individuals. Um, you know, call them hackers, uh, call them gray hats or black hats or whatever. But crackers. they they're they're hackers. I like they're, to call them crackers because they're all white guys sitting in their living room. <laughs> they they very possibly are. But uh, I mean, we know <laughs> next to nothing about the individuals themselves. No, but we, we we do know a lot about their exploits. Uh, literally. They, they have um, used mostly simple SQL injection hacks to uh, infiltrate the systems of, of these large corporations, Sony, uh, PBS. I have no idea what that is. Uh, well, a lot of, a lot of um, let's see if I can put it in. in. See, I, I, even, I don't know exactly what a SQL injection hack is, but I know it has to do with uh, <laughs> well, the database. Well, you say it like it's, so, like it's a go, of course, a SQL injection. Well, Actually, they take Men in Black 2 and splice it in the code and then... <laughs> They know everything. <laughs> exactly. Uh, basically, as I understand it, and as, as it's been sort of laid out on Boing Boing, a, a SQL injection is um, it's just a, a bit of, you know, normally a server has a MySQL database. Uh, SQL is, is um, like a sequential query language or something like that. Uh, but it, it's a way of, of representing information on a server, essentially. It's a big database. Uh, and the code that that normally runs on the server is, uh, you know, is in, is c controlled by the server itself. But what these uh, what these hackers have figured out how to do is run their own code uh, on the database or on the server, uh, take control of it, access the data, uh, take the the database, whatever it may be, and dump that into a file, and then post it elsewhere. So they've done this with uh, with a number of different uh, databases recently. Um, there, according to you know the Lulz Security website, lulzsecurity.com, uh, which they have a full list of their releases starting in uh, early March or sorry early May. Um, they've listed the you know Fox.com sales database, um, user names and passwords and email addresses for. Um, PBS staffers, uh, SonyPictures.com staffers, uh, Sony BMG. They uh, they listed you know twenty five thousand or so uh, usernames and passwords for uh, the website Prawn.com. Um, so these are you know normal people who had signed up for accounts. And uh, you know you may ask, well, what can you do with you know the user account to this particular website? I mean, you're, you're going to get in and watch some porn, I guess. But the thing is, a lot of these uh, folks that they posted uh, their info for use the same email addresses and passwords to log into their email accounts or Everything. into their Facebook accounts. <laughs> so um, you, know, you think about it, and you go, well, yeah. you know, think about the things that you use the same password for. This is this is the advice I always give people. And to be honest, I don't follow it myself, and that's a problem. But, you know, for the most part, people have the same password for everything. Yeah, and it's usually um, a simple one. I mean, if you three. look at, and I'll just, I'll just pull up, like, one of these databases here. If you look at some of the username-password combinations, it's, it's really simple stuff. It's like, you know, for, for instance, one person, their, their uh, password is pumpkin pie. Another is just, like, their name. Uh, many of them are just the word password. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, um, back when um, Gawker got hacked, um, which was not a lulzsec thing, but they, they inadvertently, uh, everybody's passwords got out, or a significant portion of them. 
-hmm. And somebody did a statistical analysis on the most common passwords. And it was kind of scary how many people had passwords that were password or one, two, three, four, five, or yeah. you know, stuff like that. And it's and it's really funny because this is the sort of stuff that that tech people talk about all the time. They say, you know, this is not what you should be doing for your passwords. You have different passwords, you should be thinking them through. They should be random strings of numbers, letters, and characters. Right. But that's hard. People yeah, don't well, like it, to do that. It's hard for the for the human brain to to remember usually. Uh, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the securest yeah. password is usually the the most uh, difficult to remember. Uh, you know, and some <laughs> people have have solved this by having uh, you know password um, lockers. So you have a bunch of really secure passwords uh, behind uh, you know a vault with a relatively insecure password that you only have in a certain location, say on your phone. Um, and, and this, that's one way of kind of keeping track of everything. So you don't have to remember all the passwords, you just have to remember one, and that gets you into everything else. The thing that, that's disturbing, and, and, you know, explicitly, like behind, every, every time that, that LulzSec has made one of these releases, uh, they have put out a, a press release most recently, and, uh, and many times they will say, uh, they will just rip into the, uh, the lack of, of security, basic security procedures uh, taken by these, you know, FBI affiliate companies and these security, explicit, like, white hat security firms. Um, according to the press release here, uh, while not very many uh, logins, uh, around 180 uh, that they listed out right here, uh, we'd like to take the time to point out that uh, all of them are affiliated with the FBI in some way. Most of them reuse their passwords in other places, which is heavily frowned upon by the FBI uh, slash InfraGuard, uh, which is this affiliate handbook, and generally everywhere else, too. Uh, and so that their you know their reasoning uh, behind uh, releasing this information is is really just to show um, the incompetence of these security firms and of, of the FBI, but also to expose in the in the case of the the FBI related uh, release the fact that um, a supposed white hat this the security firm Unveilance uh, was using a botnet, like a, a collection of uh, compromised hosts, you know, average people who've had malware installed on their systems, uh, yeah. a botnet to to access information and control uh, various aspects of the, the Libyan internet infrastructure for the U.S. government. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And it's it really, what kind of what we're setting up here and, and what, what I'd like to for us to kind of discuss is, is just, you know, where... Where do we draw the line nowadays? I mean, this this sort of hacking has been going on since the beginning of the internet. I mean, the, the yeah. idea of of getting into systems and and accessing areas of uh, of an electronic infrastructure that you don't explicitly have permission to access, uh, you know, is as old as as those structures themselves. And there have always been the the folks out there who want to to go farther and uh, and find things that that are hidden. Um, so I want to ask you first, Kevin. I mean, what, what do you what do you think of this sort of uh, internet vigilanteism? Uh, not just LulzSec, well, but over, but many yeah, others. Yeah. My my first thought is, um, that while while what they're saying is is important to be said, and that these things need to be a lot more secure, and companies like Sony should not have a giant list of a hundred thousand unencrypted passwords yeah. that should not exist. Um, their methodology is more problematic because while Sony made the mistake in, in having this 
um, unencrypted password, or, or PBS was, you know, um, not very helpful, and, you know, all these sorts of things. They're potentially harming what what I'm comfortable calling innocent bystanders, the people right. who, who trusted these organizations um, and, and maybe made a mistake in that process, but they're doing that. And I can't help feeling that sometimes the the attempts are less about showing, you know, are, are not as good natured. They're not saying, you know, look how weak your thing is, you really need to strange it. They're, they're, you need to make it stronger. They're saying, look how weak your system is. I got to break through it. I'm so awesome. I can break through your stupid little system. <laughs> yes, and, and it's um, very, I mean, they becomes, explicitly say they're doing this for the lulls, which is, is sort of in a, you know, for, for craps and giggles, as it were. Yeah, um, you know, they're doing it because they think it's funny. Yeah. And... And so the moral is, you know, yes, we should have better security, but that's not their goal. Yeah. Um, well, the, maybe it maybe it is implicitly, but you know, explicitly, they they're very <laughs> kind of uh, ruthless as far as as far as it goes, or not necessarily ruthless, but just um, very. Um, they're they're making light of the whole situation, and and in, and it's a yeah. lot of stuff that maybe shouldn't be made light of. I mean, if you look at the the LulzSec Twitter account, which is sort of a a log of what the releases and then what people are doing with the releases, because you know once you once you put out uh, a list of twenty five thousand uh, email addresses and passwords, you know that at least that many people uh, and, and LulzSec has one hundred twenty six thousand followers. Are going to just pour over this list and and try to exploit every single one of those people that's on that list. Uh-huh. Uh, you know they're going to try to log into Facebook accounts and email accounts. And you know as as one of these at replies to Lulsec uh, says, uh, you know found a guy who was cheating on his girlfriend through email. Needless to say, I forwarded that to her. Justice is served. <laughs> and, I mean, and, this- and really, I have to say, okay, dude. What business of it is it yours? This random relationship that you had nothing to do with. Well, um, you know, it's it's in his in his because, eyes. You know, what, that, mean, what that's imposing somebody else's moral code on this person who's having an affair. Right. Well, you know, and I don't want to. I don't want to get into that that question of imposing a moral code on on another person because you know it gets into whole into the deep issues of of an ethical system entirely. But well, clearly, clearly, most of us would agree that you know cheating in a relationship is not a good thing. Now, Certainly. where we don't necessarily agree is what everybody else should do about that should that be the business of this this person's friends um should it be the the business of just them too you know most of us would say it's probably not the business of some random guy on the internet <laughs> yeah <laughs> to, to go meddling in it but then again no, was, would would that that, cheating that would ever... be what i would call trolling oh yes and and this, this I mean, just i mean the whole form of trolling the whole it's operation like, uh-huh. Well, yes, it is. The whole operation is, but it's yeah. specific. You know, the guy says, "Ooh, I found this. I can go. I can, you know, make people unhappy with my power. Look at me, mm. um, because you know, I've I've got information that they don't have, and I can ruin their lives with it. Yeah, um, I can make people angry, and then you know, go, you mad, bro? Why are you mad? Um, right. 
Well, and, and and a lot of this this stems from you know the stuff we're talking about here, trolling and and uh, you know lulls and all this stems from sort of the culture that developed around uh, 4chan. However, lulzsec explicitly denies any sort of affiliation with anonymous or 4chan, as do anonymous and 4chan deny any explicit connection <laughs> to to lulzsec. So clearly, I mean, yeah. this is this is a shared culture, maybe, but these are not necessarily the same individuals uh, or yeah, are they I, I or can, are they affiliated I can well that, and that's okay but I can tell you that there are people who troll on the internet who've never heard of 4chan exactly yeah I mean it's 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 a basic um, it's a basic cultural action yeah it is and so that with with that in mind I can equate them without necessarily you know I think these are similar items similar methodologies mm-hmm. um, without implying intentionally implying any um, correlation there yeah um well what i would what i would like to get into though is just the the general idea of uh, you know one of the things that lulzsec talks about in in their in their uh, conversation with kareem who is the the head of this uh unveilance um, security firm um who did have this botnet and was using it They, they had an irc conversation with him that um you know before they released all this information they went to him and said hey We've got all this, you know. In their words, we owned you, um, and and sort of they baited him essentially into trying to make some sort of a deal of, of you know offering uh, information on competitors, uh, offering monetary compensation in exchange for not releasing this this information to the public. Uh, and and one of the things they talk about was just the the fact that there is you know white hats are just uh you know black hats who go to board meetings uh and the fact that that <laughs> you know they're really this white hat gray hat black hat distinction is is not so clear that you know there may be folks like Kevin Mitnick who you know they were black hats once you know they went uh, you know first to to steal information and to to steal you know money or gain services that that would have otherwise cost money uh, were arrested and then turned white you know they they went and uh you know joined a security he's a firm good guy now because he can't be a bad guy anymore right you know because he's working yeah. against the bad guys but you know really you know the, the methods that that even the quote white hats use are botnets which you know do harm people i mean we're talking about folks yes. who who know no better they don't know enough to secure their own systems and, and so they were or, or they've accidentally something you know sometimes you accidentally click on something and you don't run your malware software often enough and so for a week you've got something that's part of a botnet yeah um and that's you know even even being relatively secure things happen so you're you're Stealing CPUs. Yeah. It, well, and 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 really, you know, harming folks in, in some, to some extent. You know, and, and what's the mm-hmm. what's the benefit? It's it's a classic question of do the ends justify the means? Uh, and, and in many cases, there aren't really ends. Uh, I mean, I, I want to, well, yeah. to kind of go back and, and it's clear in the lull set case that they're you know we're doing it for the lulls. You know, and that's, that's uh-huh. the end is for for everybody to be kind of you know kind of laugh at the stupidity of others. Um, and it's yeah. the, the the motivation there is similar, but not not quite uh, the same as that uh, expressed in the, in the the quote unquote hacker manifesto um, written mm-hmm. by a you know still anonymous uh, very early hacker in uh, 1986 actually. So this this goes way back to like the yeah. beginnings of networks and and hacking. And uh, I just I want to read this kind of in full because it puts it puts a lot of this in in context and kind of gets at the the mindset going on here. So, yes. um, written by the mentor, 
Another one got caught today. It's all over the papers. Teenager arrested in computer crime scandal. Hacker arrested after bank tampering. Damn kids, they're all alike. But did you, in your three-piece psychology and 1950s techno brain, ever look or take a look behind the eyes of the hacker? Did you ever wonder what made him tick, what forces shaped him, what may have molded him? I am a hacker. Enter my world. Mine is a world that begins with school. I'm smarter than most of the other kids. This crap they teach us bores me. Damn underachiever, they're all alike. I'm in junior high or high school. I've listened to teachers explain for the 15th time how to reduce a fraction. I understand it. No, Mrs. Smith, I didn't show my work. I did it in my head. Damn kid, probably copied it. They're all alike. I made a discovery today. I found a computer. Wait a second. This is cool. It does what I want it to. If it makes a mistake, it's because I screwed up, not because it doesn't like me, or feels threatened by me, or thinks I'm a smartass, or doesn't like teaching and shouldn't be here. Damn kid, all he does is play games. They're all alike. And then it happened. A door opened to a world, rushing through the phone line like heroin through an addict's veins. An electronic pulse is sent out. A refuge from the day-to-day incompetencies is sought. A board is found. This is it. This is where I belong. I know everyone here, even if I've never met them, never talked to them, may never hear from them again. I know you all. Damn kid, tying up the phone line again. They're all alike. You bet your ass we're all alike. We've been spoon-fed baby food at school when we hungered for steak. The bits of meat that you did let slip through were pre-chewed and tasteless. We've been dominated by sadists or ignored by the apathetic. The few that had something to teach us found us willing pupils, but those few were like drops of water in the desert. This is our world now, the world of the electron and the switch, the beauty of the bod. We make use of a service already existing without paying for what could be dirt cheap if it wasn't run by profiteering gluttons. And you call us criminals. We explore, and you call us criminals. We seek after knowledge, and you call us criminals. We exist without skin color, without nationality, without religious bias, and you call us criminals. You build atomic bombs, you wage wars, you murder, cheat, and lie to us, and try to make us believe it's for our own good, yet we're the criminals. Yes, I am a criminal. My crime is that of curiosity. My crime is that of judging people by what they say and think, not what they look like. My crime is that of outsmarting you, something you will never forgive me for. I am a hacker, and this is my manifesto. You may stop this individual, but you can't stop us all. After all, we're all alike. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Yeah, uh, and, and you can see that this is 1986. I mean, this is 15, or 25 years ago that this was written, yeah. and yet the, the mentality still persists. I mean, the quotes could, could be right out of the lull-seg doctrine. You know, we, we, we outsmarted mm-hmm. you. Um, you know, uh-huh. you may arrest one of us, but, you know, there's, there's a million more of us. Uh, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're curious. We're, um, it's kind of like we're better. We're, we're this, this elite community of, of hackers, and, uh, you know, we're, we're the, the moral arbiters because we wield the power. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a dangerous idea, but at the same time, there's kind of a lot of support out there among the, the Internet for these guys. I mean, they're, 
they're sort of the, the Robin Hood style. You know, they're going after the big guys, the the Sonys of the world, the the, as, as this, the Robin Hoods is a tough comparison. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they're not okay. Maybe not the Robin Hoods, but they're <laughs> they're you know they're taking down the 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 giants in in such a way. I mean, this not Lulzsec, but another similar group was responsible for bringing down the PlayStation Network. I mean, uh, Lulzsec did a little bit related to Sony, but not that uh, that large of a hack. And there, there have been some arrests already in relation to the the Sony PSN hacking that went on. Um, mm-hmm. None of them of the Lulzac people explicitly. <laughs> One of their their latest sw- tweets is, "We don't feel very arrested, Sony. Please don't tell me you black bagged someone yeah. off the street just for wearing a top hat." <laughs> Which is their like top hat guy as far as well as the uh, neon cat are kind of symbols of Lulzac. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, it, what, what do you think of that, Kevin? I mean, it's, 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 does power, does might make right? I mean, that's sort of what the, the Hacker Manifesto and, and the Lulzsec stuff implies, right? Yes, it, that's, that's certainly what it implies, and I, and I think... Or not necessarily might, think, but, but brains, you know? It's sort of like, okay, well, well, we're, no, I mean, we're might, smarter it, than your security, therefore... Might, is they can break these things, they can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and there are people who are... Okay, the, the, there are systems of encryption and such that are basically unhackable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it exists out there. And, <clears throat> you know, you have a 64-bit encryption on something. You can hack it all day long. You're never going to break it without the key. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little inside baseball here. <clears throat> but basically, there are uncrackable systems. Right. Um, you can do more research on it and stuff like that. And, and I think those should exist, and I think more people should be using them. And so I think we have the ability to take this power away from these, these you know, I'm going to be derivative and call them script kiddies. These guys well, using relatively basic... I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call the lull set guys script kiddies. They just, they, they just said that, they, they, that the simple tools are what got them through, but... You know, you got to be a lot more than a script kitty to to do some of the things that they've done, and to still stay anonymous throughout the process. <clears throat> I mean, these guys are clearly talented. You know, other folks in the in the security community recognize that the the types of things they're doing are not basic uh, exploitations. Uh, you know, a lot of them did require decrypting. You know, one of the the password lists they found was encrypted, and uh, they were still able to break it anyway. <laughs> um, um. Well, and, and this, if and, and so I don't, I don't think. I think we have the ability to take the power away from these people, and we're not doing it. Hmm. And well, I think why, that's almost as much of a problem. What? What? How? How would you like to take that power away? I mean, what's what's the solution there? Do you turn off the internet? <laughs> no, no, not at all. The solution is you make better encryption. Hmm. The only kind of encryption that you know can be secure um, is the kind that you ask everybody to try and break. Right, right. Um, and and the big companies don't often see it that way because if somebody finds out how to break your encryption, if you said this is our encryption, try and break it, then that seems like like a vulnerability sort of a thing. Like, well, then we're just telling them how we're encrypting everything; they'll figure it out, and that'll be bad. And so they keep it all very closed door. Yeah. And but, as somebody it's, famous it's once not, said, mm-hmm, go. it's not secure. Anybody can make a problem that is too hard for them to solve. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, well, and and the thing is, it's sort of security through obscurity. They're they're relying on yeah. <clears throat> on the secrecy and 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 uh, anonymity that the internet usually affords through just pure uh, diversity as as mm-hmm. a security strategy, which is is not good. I mean, it's like as soon as you know, you can be in a crowd of a million people, uh, but you know, as soon as someone picks you out, you're you're vulnerable. Uh, there's there's not uh, that that sort of um, you know strength in numbers doesn't doesn't count when someone is is targeting this closely, uh, you know it's because there are a lot fewer of, of the hackers than there are things to be hacked. <laughs> um, yeah, but but you know I, I I agree with the the idea that okay the solution is more security better security, and and I think that the low security guys would kind of agree with that. I mean, their, their points in most of these press releases is, you know, look how bad the security was, ha ha ha, you know, but the, mm-hmm. the implicit uh, recommendation there on their part is make better secured systems. And we probably, you know, who knows how many systems that the Lulz security guys have tried to break into and have failed. I mean, they're not telling us about those. They're telling us about the successes. Um, I'm sure there are many companies that they've tried to go after that, you know, had really good security and failed. Um, and I would love to see those yeah. companies come out and say, you know, look, we saw these intrusion attempts coming at us, and they failed. <laughs> Although that that could very well incur the wrath of of other better uh, hackers. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, well, you know, you know yeah. but then again, that's like that saying that's a, that's that obscurity mindset. Yeah, of we don't want to encourage people to do that. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's again, sort the, of like you know, take your victories and, and systems. Yeah, the strongest encryption systems work. Whether or not people know how they work, right? Um, that's the whole point of them. You know, there's um, okay. Here's, well, it's it's possible to know here, here. It's possible to know how a security system works without knowing how to exploit it. Um, you know, yes. you, because you can you can be sure of yeah. It's it's like you said. You can always create a problem that's too difficult for you to solve. Uh, and you you can know I mean the, the security uh, you know hash pairs or uh, uh, you know in, encrypted um, God what is it um, cryptographic key pairs you can you can know based on the the length of a of an encrypted stream how many years or how many uh, you know flops of computing power it will take to eventually. Uh, calculate all of the different pairs and then create a a map uh, in order to to reverse engineer the system. I mean that's exactly how that's exactly how Bitcoin works, and we've sort of discussed that on on a previous episode. You know yeah. that it's it's that secure because of the way it's designed. That's not to say that you know how to exploit it. You just know what it would take to exploit it, and that's not something yeah, that's and- currently possible. <laughs> But because, but but that's the idea is because those we, you that we can figure it out and a strong encryption system can have very simple rules but is very hard to crack. Um, right. You know, you think about a book code, which is a, a very basic form of encryption, and and you know briefly, you you and your accomplice both pick the same book, you agree on it ahead of time, and you give a string of numbers, and so you they're in pairs. The first number is a page, the second number is a word. Mm-hmm. So the thirtieth page, the fifteenth word, and you string those all together, and it becomes a message. And you can decrypt it and encrypt it as long as you have the same book. Right. Uh, and the idea is, you know, what, book codes when they were useful were very useful because unless you knew what the book was, you couldn't crack it. Yeah. 
it was completely uncrackable. Um, it still is completely uncrackable. It's very inefficient as far as you know encryption goes nowadays for the massive you know sort of encryption we need on internet stuff. But it's but the same idea. But if you encoded message, but if you want to send an encoded message, all you have to have is the right book. Walk yeah. into a Barnes and Noble if you can find one these days, <laughs> and see how many books there are. Yeah. So you can look at something and say, well, this is a book code. I know this is a book code all day long, but you can't crack it unless you have the key, which is the book. Yeah, um, and that's, that's exactly what most uh, you know, cryptographic key pair systems are based on, is that same exactly. idea. Yeah. Um, um, that as long as you don't have the key, it can't be broken mm-hmm. um, in any reasonable amount of time. You know, so, certain, so let's... You know, uh, you know why? Why aren't? Go ahead. Do you th- do you think this will? Because these sort of hacks have been going on for a little while. Like this is this is not something new. Um, and and no. LulzSec is simply the the most recent of, in a long series of of uh, groups that have done this sort of thing. Why aren't companies learning? You know why aren't companies spending the the time and the the money on proper security? Because they're obvious. I mean, Sony has lost billions as a result of the PSN hack. I mean, that's that is a serious blow. To that company's ability to make money that they could have prevented with, you know, $10 million worth of better security. Uh, I mean, that's, that is a compelling business reason to, you know, and, and forget that even the, the PR backlash over the whole thing. I mean, that's, yeah. that's going to be ongoing. Um, it's, it's potentially ruinous to the company. You know, why not spend a little bit more money for security? Uh, is it, is it really <laughs> worth that risk? <laughs> well, this, and in my opinion, no. Um, yeah. And I think, as a side effect of this, hopefully some of these companies will start taking better care of their information. Yeah. But with that in mind, a lot of this is like trying to steer a battleship with a canoe. Hmm. Well, and, and we know um, that there are companies who do. I mean, Google is definitely one of them that has has you mm-hmm. know, security paranoia baked in from the beginning. Uh, another thing that yes. I, I saw on the LulzSec uh, Twitter stream is that every time they post a release, uh, any email addresses in that release that are associated with uh, Facebook logins are instantly locked out. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, in one sense, this is a good security measure because, you know, obviously Facebook is is wanting to take its, its user security into consideration. But what it also means is that the the lulls that that the lulls guys could they said like mm, you know easily exploitable in the future because you could take such a such a response and go well we're just going to post a you know a random bit of email addresses maybe they're they're people that uh, you know do or don't have anything to do with with uh, you know any security related release but you know that's just a huge maybe like a a, a spam email list. You know, you could just post that online and mm-hmm. then Facebook would instantly lock out those, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands or maybe even millions of accounts uh, instantaneously <laughs> based on their, their security yeah. response. Um, so it's, it's this constant battle, you know, back and forth between, between the companies over, mm-hmm. you know, how do you secure and, and what do you secure in what way while still preserving a relatively um, user-friendly experience. Because, you know, one, one of the things that, that uh, the Boing Boing article brought up or... I think that that I read somewhere in one of the responses was that maybe the reason why companies haven't implemented these more difficult security measures is because they're kind of inconvenient. You know, they make it yeah. really difficult for the average user to, to log in, for instance. Like if you have to, to combine biometrics with, you know, a daily randomly generated password that's like 128 random uh, ASCII characters, 
uh, with you know a bunch of other bits of identification just that so you can get in and check your email like that's you know it ends up being uh, you know an internal kind of PR thing for the for the or an internal HR thing where people are you know not able to get their work done uh, and, yeah. and that's a real problem um, so it's always and, and I think it can be streamlined um, but it hasn't been done necessarily right well yeah and there are uh, probably systems out there that are both uh, easy from a UI standpoint and secure uh, we just haven't seen a wide implementation of them, and and you know uh-huh. folks are so rooted in the the whole username password idea that you know that you know doing anything more than that. I mean, just the <laughs> the process of typing in a captcha, you know, every time you try to log into to a, a website, uh, throws a lot of people for a loop. You know, uh, more sophisticated things like Blizzard has a uh, has an app that. Um, randomly generates a uh, like a numerical code on your uh, phone for every time you want to log into your, your World of Warcraft, your your Battle.net account, um, which a lot oh, of people fair. have optionally entered. Yeah, and uh, Google does the same same thing for Gmail. There's there's an Android app yeah. that you can get to do the same thing. Um, That's so really it's cool. An, I like yeah, that. <laughs> it's, but it's a it's a it's an opt in sort of thing. You know, it's an extra layer yeah. of security that most people are going to be like, well, why do I need that? I just have a password. <laughs> That's yeah. That's all I need. Yeah, but your password is password. Um, yeah, exactly. So, and you know, education uh, more than anything is, I think, what will what will solve this going forward. Is just we need to we need to to not um, not let people use insecure passwords. And and a lot of companies are starting to do this. You know, Google in particular requires yes. you to have uh, a more secure password and offers a way for you to generate a more secure password if you can't come up with one on your own. Um, you know, Apple. In some areas, does uh, if you sign up for an iTunes account on the iTunes Store app on the phone, it requires you, or or actually through the iTunes Store and iTunes, it requires you to have uh, you know eight an eight character password at least, um, no dictionary words, you know upper and lower case, and at least one symbol. And if you mm-hmm. sign up through, if you create an Apple ID first. It has none of those requirements. All it has to be is six characters. Yeah. That's the only requirement. And then you can then use that password to to log into iTunes. You can you can port that Apple ID over to log into iTunes. Mm-hmm. So we have you know part of the system is secure, but the other part isn't. Uh, and this this is a problem. Yeah. And, and a lot of systems are built this yeah. way, where it, it, we're just too lenient on folks in their password creation. And I think that's that's true. And I and I I think. People maybe don't understand the importance of encryption, um, which is which is understandable because it's kind of complicated. Um, and so is is the lulzsec approach? I mean, it's certainly effectual. It's got a lot of people to just, change their passwords. I can't passwords. justify what they're doing. I cannot justify what they're doing. It's because they're hurting people. They they are hurting a few people, and and you know maybe not. No, they're hurting a hundred thousand people. Yeah. That's not, not a few people. Not necessarily. I mean, most folks are probably going to be like, "Oh crap!" You know, here's my email address password got out there. I need to change it, and that's that's what's what's going to happen. You know, very well, few of them are actually going to result in no. Well, that yeah. their password got out. Yeah. It's, so I mean, it's that, tough. Again, I mean, but how else are you? Problem. How else are you going to educate people? I, it, you know, this this is the sort of this is the philosophy behind it is drastic times call for drastic measures. 
ends justify the means? Is this one of those instances where we just, we can't? I mean, we would rather take, you know, more harm in the, the case of, uh, you know, folks being more easily exploited by more malicious uh, organizations uh, versus a little bit of, you know, exploitation for the We're lulls. Being exploited by malicious organizations. Mm. Well, yeah, That's I mean, we know, this is, we know this is happening now, but... You know, could um, it could it so, be mitigated? So saying more malicious organizations doesn't, I mean, doesn't make it better. Yeah. Because these are malicious organizations. I, I'm just, are, you know, are, I, if they I, were I, malicious, they I'm just a plain old consequence. Contact the appropriate people, say, we've broken this, you need to fix it. Yeah. And, you know, that's that would be the white hat way. It wouldn't be, we're going to release this information to prove how important to you it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, that's I guess, the... extort people for money. Mm, yeah, well, and, and honestly, the, the Lulz folks aren't extorting anyone for anything. I mean, they, they tried to, in the, the Kareem case, they tried to act like that, or, or they acted like that for a little bit. You know, yeah. so he figured, oh, okay, well, maybe I can appease these people with, with you know, money or information. But then they went and ended up just posting it anyway and, you know, defaming him. Okay, so, so that's certainly malicious. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's not better, that's for sure. Um, it is, that's, that's not, a, that's not a, a nice, fun, make everything better goal that they have in mind. No, nah, and, I, and I really don't think they do. So why, why do you think it is that, that folks, that some folks, you know, kind of myself included, look at part of these actions as, uh, you know, admirable or good or, you know, the, the whole vigilante idea at, at its very least. It's like there's a problem that needs to be solved. It's not being solved by the institutions in place. Therefore, you know, free and uh, smart individuals. But they're not solving the problem go. either. They're exploiting the problem. Hmm. Perhaps. That's the difference. A vigilante, you know, is attempting to solve a problem. And I'm not mm. sure how I feel on vigilanteism as a whole either. I don't think I like it. But a, a vigilante is trying to stop someone from stealing your purse. Mm -hmm. This person is saying, look how easy it is to steal your purse as they steal your purse. <laughs> well, it's sort of... Uh, that's not vigilanteism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that was vigilanteism... They would, they would be saying, be careful, people can steal this information. It's incredibly mm -hmm. easy, and here are some ways to fix it. That's not what they're I mean, doing. We, we know that we see the public releases, but it's, it's the stuff that happens behind the scenes that's the really disturbing part. I mean, we know that botnets get created um, and sold, I mean, literally sold on the black markets uh, between uh -huh. between these sorts, same sorts of, of loose organizations. You know, not to say that LulzSec yeah. has, has ever done this, but they probably have a couple of botnets at their disposal, maybe. Um, or, or, you know, they probably know some people who do. And, uh -huh. you know, it, it's that kind of stuff that happens behind the scenes that, you know, well, we really don't know what the, the consequences are. Uh, you know, we see yeah. attacks happen on Google or on, you know, various companies from, you know, China explicitly. And it's like, well, you know, it's probably not coming from China. It's probably just coming from a bunch of botnets in China. Um, and, and, you know, in those situations, you, you have to ask yourself, well, okay, so LulzSec is going public. Why? You know, what's their motivation behind taking these sorts of things that normally happen behind closed doors and putting them out there in the sunshine. Um, it's, is it the power of they PR? They want to see how smart they are. 
Yeah, well, yeah. Is it is it uh, you know fame? But you know these guys aren't these guys are not garnering any sort of fame for their own names. You know because that would no but that would destroy their the ability to garner more fame. It's it's the secret desire to say you know to walk around the streets knowing that you're better than everybody else. Yeah. Um, Which is I'm, deep, I'm trying to be sarcastic when I say that. <laughs> yeah, it's just power, you know. They they want uh, mm-hmm. they want to wield power, and they want folks to know that they're wielding power, whoever mm-hmm. they are. Um, God. Well, when you put it in those terms, they're a little bit less likable, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't really like them. It's it's kind of funny. I mean, if you go to their if you go to their website, uh, it starts playing the Love Boat theme, and uh, there's a little <laughs> mute button in the bottom right. And if you press the mute button, it increases the volume by hundred <laughs> percent. And there's not actually well, doesn't a, oh, that tell you everything you need to know about these people. Probably, probably. <laughs> well, I guess we've uh, we've sort of played played it out mostly. Uh, I I do encourage folks to to you know read more on this this same issue of. Yeah, social engineering, cracking, hacking. It's uh, there. There are a lot of good books out there about it. Um, look up Kevin Mitnick. He has uh, a couple of books that he's written in the last ten years. Uh, first, the the art of deception, and uh, then the art of intrusion. Real stories behind the exploits of hackers, intruders, and deceivers. Because this is, you know, it's really it really gets it into a a type of um, criminal activity or you know borderline criminal activity that will probably pervade uh, the the majority of the 21st century. I mean this is this is the modern uh, smash and grab versus organized crime type uh, idea, you know. This this is where yeah. this is where crime is going. If you want to give it an idea of, <laughs> of that. Um, and, and you know yeah. it's it's the you know the the hacker manifesto sort of gets at the idea, well, you know, you call us criminals. Well, yes, I mean you are by the the laws of the land. Um, <laughs> are you immoral people? Well, Maybe in some cases, yes. You know, it depends on on what you do with the skills that you have. Um, I still personally believe that there is a distinction between white hats and black hats. You know, there is a distinction between the people who are using their their smarts for good and for for evil. Um, Now, some folks probably find it hard to draw that line. And, you know, maybe we need to get better at that. Maybe we need to head to... We need this sort of culture to be... Uh, better understood, and I think it's it's not understood well right now. And so we we see just sort of the the occasional manifestation of these actions that are happening deep in obscure corners of the internet. And we we definitely we need a better understanding of it. The same way we need we needed a better organi- uh, understanding of organized crime, you know, twenty and thirty years ago, because it was just too obscure for the average person to wrap their minds around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're getting there, but it's it's going to take a long time. <laughs> yeah. These are not easy concepts to grasp, even on the no. uh, even the surface level of them. I mean, they're not easy. We, we've tried to kind of break it down a little bit, but I don't think we've done it. No, very, and I, I've, you've you know, okay, I, but I've here's the deal. Like, I mean, I've grown up in this this sort of culture, and I still feel like I'm on the periphery of this sort of area. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things that I've just never had a lot of uh, intimate contact with and and good understanding of um, and I think very few people do but more people than yeah. than we we really want to acknowledge <laughs> mm-hmm. so well anyways um, let's move on to uh, to some some uh, lulls or lols of our own here um, and maybe some uh, maybe some some 
intellectual stimulation other than, than the hacking realm with uh, our weekly form squeeze. So I'm going to take a second to get logged in here. Are you are you logged into the uh, to the form spring there? Getting there. Getting there? Okay. Now I'm logged in. Okay. Well, you beat me. So, therefore you get What's to What's the most exciting thing that happened to you today? Is that the form spring question? Uh-huh. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of cop out. <laughs> so, answer it. Um well, there hasn't been much to this day since it is the morning. Uh <laughs> I guess the most exciting thing uh I don't know, my my fern looks like it grew like an inch overnight. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I wouldn't call it exciting, but it's it's certainly it's certainly interesting. I mean, I this this whole planting thing is is kind of new to me <laughs> talk about like realms that i don't understand very well that the whole idea of growing something uh is <laughs> something i'm still trying to wrap my mind around it's not not exactly a subject area that i've spent too much time with do, do you have any plants yeah. kevin um not at the moment but uh, amy and i have talked about starting something uh once we move down to austin yeah like well, uh, outdoor plants growing some herbs or something you probably outdoor planting okay yeah uh, I, a small I, herb I, garden or something being in an apartment, I don't really have the option to do any outdoor stuff unless it's on my porch. But uh, I have yeah. I have started with a fern. I got a uh, got a fern from a local place and uh, been you know discovering the the process of, of keeping taking care of it. It's mm-hmm. not that difficult of a plant to um, to take care of. You you know put it's it in a good pot, water it occasionally. Yeah, it's a good starter plant. Exactly. Um, let's see what else do we have on here. Uh, oh, well, will a government, government scale, scale... Yeah, do you want to read that one? <laughs> Go for it. Actually, no, you well, read the first one. I, version I'm... of Watson Become Colossus, the Forbidden Project. No, the Forbidden Project. I don't know what that is. Um, isn't that that movie without I'd rather Dennis? Call it, I'd rather call it the Forbidden Project, because that yeah, sounds cooler. that sounds much better. Isn't that that, uh, that movie without Guinness? Maybe. Hmm. When do you predict we'll have a Watson computerized member of Congress with data and algorithms to determine what will be the most favorable choice for its constituents? <laughs> Who exactly would be its constituents? The computers? Whoever voted for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean that that that's a real can of worms there. Uh, just AI in general. When were when will we have our first sentient intelligence? Well, we've been asking that question for a very long time, yeah. and I don't think we've come much closer. Because the thing is, Watson did one thing really, really well, and that yeah. was play Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not surprised that Watson won Jeopardy, because that's what he's designed to do. Yeah, I, you know, I think to, whenever we do eventually create a, a, a sentient intelligence, that Watson part of it will be like 1% or 2% of the, of the whole you know that'll be like Top. one algorithm that that it has in its repertoire. Um, you know, it's just um, I, I don't I don't think you know, and, and I don't really know if we'll ever get there. Quite honestly, like it, it's it's a fundamental question that that came up in uh, in our our uh, metaphysics course of you know just what what is or well I actually it was minds, brains, and computers. Um, you know what what is what is intelligence? What you know what is the brain? What is the mind? Um, and until we answer those questions, I don't think we're ever going to be able to recreate one. Um, I think here's, we... here's a fun question mm-hmm. <clears throat> that I think spins off of this one. 
Which do you think would happen first? The singularity or AI? Oh, God. Wouldn't they happen contemporaneously? I mean, that, that's the idea, well, right? Well, one, one might mean the other, but not necessarily. Mm. I think um, AI Only first. if the AI is, is comparable to a human intelligence. Yeah. You know, they end up with an alternative intelligence, an alternative artificial intelligence um, that is an intelligent thing, but is not human in nature, and so we wouldn't be compatible. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the so, thing. Like, maybe there are different ways of realizing intelligence, and so yeah, mm-hmm. the, the the singularity may never happen because there's no way to integrate the two. Um, I'm yeah. kind of of the opinion, though, that that intelligence is emergent. Uh, I think I've talked about this on a previous previous episode. There are some folks doing research into you know brain mapping, and uh, I'm I'm pretty much an identity theorist when it comes to this this subject. I believe that the the brain is the mind. They you know, that that collection of that neural network that that collection of nodes the way it works is what we what we know as intelligence. Um, not to say that you know sentience or indications of sentience couldn't evolve other ways and certainly not to say that the same sort of brain style system couldn't be replicated with uh, electronics in some way Uh, but I think that that our first artificial intelligence is essentially going to be a copy of a human brain that's that's going to be the first first one that actually works Um, and Hmm. we're not we're 30 years away from that easily Uh, you know we're not anywhere close to being able to do that sort of thing um, the, the electronic <laughs> systems we've created are are going in a different direction. You know, they're not they're not they don't share the same architecture as the human brain, even remotely. Um, and yeah. until we build systems that do, I don't think we're going to get close to what we recognize as human intelligence. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, and, you know, anyways, okay. um, th- th- we kind of kind of strayed from the question a little bit, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, Will a government scale version of Watson become Colossus, the Forbin project? Probably not. <laughs> and when do you predict Robert Watson, <laughs> computerized member of Congress? A long time from now, if not ever. Now, what I would like to see, and I don't, I don't know why this would ever happen, mm. but I would like to see different companies or groups of people make competing Watsons and have them fight against each other on Jeopardy Ooh. with Deep Blue, with Deep Blue as the Alex Trebek figure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the system that doesn't really know much but reads all of the answers and, and acts. We can read the uh, answers, yeah. I'm pretty sure we could reprogram Deep Blue to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is the Roman Empire, actually? Yeah, the Roman Empire. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Trebek. <clears throat> I saw I saw a good uh, Sean Connery related uh, meme uh, image uh, earlier today. Um, what was it? Uh, God, okay, I'm, I'm going to find it here. D- find another question while I, while I look this up. Um, I, we always get questions that aren't fully formed. Because um, <laughs> that one looks like it might be interesting, but I don't know how to what it means. So, okay, well, um, I, I found it anyway. Um, okay, good. Stalled successfully. <laughs> yay. I must ask you a question, but I'm saving it for later. 
It's good, yeah. right? It's come on. I mu- I mustache you. you a qu- okay, whatever. I thought it was better. Oh, than it, but, yeah. I get it now when you say mustache. Yeah. That- I, I must ask you a question, but I'm shaving it well, for later. Well, when you say the accent, it just sounds like you're saying, I must ask you oh, a question. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, okay, whatever. Maybe the only one like is an image. It's a visual of medium. <laughs> it is. It's a sight gag. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't like work when, as, a, as an audio it, gag. All right. The, you know, well, it's this, one, it's this one kitten, and it's really cute, and it's got its hands up, and there's a gun pointing at it, and it's really, really cute. But saying that. <laughs> Say the same information. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's pointing a gun at a kitten, and you get scared. <laughs> I would get scared if someone pointed a gun at a kitten. Exactly. Mm. But the image, I, I don't know if you've seen the image I'm speaking of, but it's fairly ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a cute little image. Yeah, it is. But There's uh, also the image of, of the kitten holding the gun, which is which is even better. There are a lot of guns and kitten images out there. Just just Google it, people. Just Google it. Which, you know, short micro rant. If if people Googled stuff more often, the world would be a much better place. Just saying. Well, do you know about um, Let Me Google That For You? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, If you go to, I think it's uh, LMGTFY, let me Google that for you dot com. Um, so when somebody asks a stupid question, you can point them a link. Um, so you type a question, you say, oh. you know, um, you know, what is LulzSec? And then you click the button, and then it give you a link. So here, I'll, I'll send this to you real quick. Mm-hmm. So someone goes like, what the heck is this LulzSec thing? <laughs> and then you give them a handy little link. <laughs> so click that little link and yes and it takes you to oh it, it takes oh. you to <laughs> it, it, it it animates a little cursor that types in the question yeah. and then, it, and then it, it's like google search and says was that so hard <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. um yeah i'm gonna god <laughs> i wish i could use this at work but i really shouldn't uh, I, yeah, I think I would definitely I get some detractors for that. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's. I feel like I feel so much like doing that every time someone just asks me. It's like you know what? There's this great thing called Google, and if if you just, I mean, the the words that you just spoke to me, if you just type them in there in a random order, you would probably have your answer on the very first page, if not. The very first response. I mean, you wouldn't even have to formulate yeah. it as a question. Just just put all the words in there, you know, just kind of throw them all in, mix them up, and you, you'll get your answer. Like, yeah. oh, dear me. All right, well, I can't get too far off on this. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stress me out. So. <laughs> Anyways, Kevin, thank you for, for joining me and uh, and for, for playing, I guess, the angel's advocate in this case, so to, my, to my devil's advocate. Um, this this definitely isn't an issue that'll go away, and I wouldn't be surprised if we if we have further moral discussions on future hacks, uh, maybe from WorldSec, maybe from other groups. It's a uh, it's good good subject and, and a recurring theme. So yeah. where can uh, where can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, cool, cool. You can also Google Kevin Saunders, and you'll probably find him. 
A William Archer. Actually, the, uh, I've never done this. Olympic archer in a wheelchair. Really? He's more popular than me. He's a he's a special Olympic archer in a wheelchair. Oh, he's not a special Olympic. He's just an oh, Olympic archer. He's just a. Oh, okay. Motivational. Speed. He's a Paralympic. Oh, cool. That's different from special Olympics. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Yeah, um, you know, he's a he's a well-known archer and uh, I guess I guess. Although I don't know why being in a wheelchair would affect your ability to be an archer, but right. he's apparently a Paralympian rather than an Olympian. Well, you are kind of silly, on though. the first page. Your Twitter account is on the first page of the Google results for Kevin Saunders. So there's that. <laughs> then again, this is me logged in, so maybe yeah. So it's, yeah. It could be biased. Anyways, twitter.com slash kevson for Mr. Kevson here. Uh, you can ask <laughs> us your own questions, very possibly to appear in the forum squeeze on formspring.me slash badphilosophy. Uh, you can also help us out by editing the show notes for this episode or adding a transcript if you so desire uh, at uh, twitter.com, not twitter.com. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it through Twitter. It would, you'd have to tweet it at us 140 characters at a time, which would be really laborious. Um, badphilosophy.com slash wiki. We thank y'all for listening and uh, we hope to see you next time on Bad Philosophy. in the past now it's an enigma machine a code yelled out at hot bong into a tin can with a thin string and that ain't all you do you broadcast clear text of your intention send an email to the government pledging your abstention from vote fraud this time next time can't promise you don't get a visit from the department of piranhas be honest you ain't hacking those it'd be too easy setting up the next president pretending that you were through freezing when you're nothing but warming up to-do list in your diary better keep for a long time and a long time better be tiring to the distribution of electrical brains that are guessing every unsalted hash that ever came they got alien technology to make the rainbow tables get then in an afternoon a glance and have them secrets don't resist the loving coats of the mathematical calculation heart of your mysteries you realize that that like they probably don't care but if you know anybody who speaks negatively about them is probably going to be exploited in some way yeah but if if okay think about it this way steven if they did exploit us that would be the most information we've ever had about our website in the internet ever yeah (laughs) hey if they if they want to hack our site and then publish a press release about it about how they hacked and destroyed this tiny little site with 150 people listening to it on a regular basis (laughs) we would have a lot more than 150 people listening to it on a regular basis we definitely would Bad Philosophy.com. Fight me.